Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go. Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob Kelly and Luke, full gang is here. Opening segment of our show, sponsored every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. And what a great supporter they are of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. Great place to cater your next event. Probably not too late to uh, cater your tailgate for Saturday. You can give them a call today and uh, check that out for your church, for your business, for your family with the holidays. Uh, dread to say, not too far off. Uh, Dickie's is a great place to call. And homecoming, you know, is a week from Saturday, October 7th. I didn't know that. So now is the time to start making homecoming plans. All right, good show for you today. We'll be talking to Brent Freeman. He is the play-by-play voice of Texas State and their seven-foot, eight-inch quarterback that uh, is coming here into town. We're going to be talking to him pretty soon. Uh, football, of course, just around the corner with another home game. Got some great interviews we want to run with you today. Uh, first of all, two kids that um, missed most, of, if not all, of last year or a good bit of last year that are that are back on the team, and, and we're happy to have them. Hayes Maples, one of the kids, a local kid uh, from Oak Grove High School, injured his knee last year, but uh, – is back and playing really, really hard uh, for the Golden Eagles. We talked to Hayes at practice this week about being back, about the fear of, of re-injuring yourself and uh, all the things that are on the mind of uh, this young man. Great interview. Here it is, Hayes Maples. Okay, Hayes Maples on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Hayes, we were talking to Cole Cavalla, who's dealing with an injury. You've overcome an injury. Talk about that process, how difficult and how much work is involved in that. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, every day. Uh, you got to be ready to work, and uh, you know it gets uh, repetitive a lot of times. But you just got to get your mindset right and, and know that uh, you're working to get back on the field and, and play the game you love. When you've overcome an injury and you're back on the field, is that something that stays in your mind, if, or how do you block that out of your mind? Uh, the concern about re-injuring yourself. I mean, as a linebacker, you know I've got to I've got to get the call. I got to get people lined up. Uh, make the strength call and then you know read my keys I I don't have any time to think about it really I've never I've never struggled with uh, you know thinking about it too much just because I have so much to think about on the field and uh, you know that's that helps out a lot 
All right, you're you're the the best kind of story in college football. A, a local kid that comes on and plays for the local college team in front of the local fans. How, what's this experience been like for you, Hey? I mean, it's been it's been awesome. It's been everything I thought it would be. Um, you know, every Saturday playing in front of my family, my friends, playing for the team I grew up watching, coming to tailgating at games when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been everything I thought it would be. So there was never any question you wanted to be a Golden Eagle. Never question. Whenever I got the offer to come here, I, I knew I knew where I was going. All right, you've been around a while. Team gets out to kind of a slow start. I think that's fair to say. Mindset of the team, and, and what do you guys do now to move forward and, and get the positive momentum going again? I think we've had uh, we've had good leadership over the past couple of weeks, and uh, especially this week. And everybody's come to work today. We had a great practice. Everybody came to work. Everybody was focused, uh, focused on the main goal, which is uh, which is getting the win this week. All right, what do you expect on Saturday night from Texas State? Uh, they like to go fast. Um, you know, they got a good quarterback, a uh, couple of good quarterbacks, and uh, they, they go fast. They widen out the field. They use all 53 yards, and um, you know, we just gotta get the call in quick, do our job, and, and play physical. All right, last question. Uh, your message to the Golden Eagle Nation. Uh, Stay with us. Stay with us. We come back this week. We get a big win. We're right back in it. Uh, anything can happen in this conference. I don't think anybody's going undefeated, and we still got a whole lot of games to play, so just stay with us. All right, Hayes Maples, I know you know this kid, Kelly. Fine young man, and I'm really, really happy to see him overcome his injury and get back doing what he loves so much. And this was a guy that could have played baseball, could very have easily played you know, baseball at the collegiate level, was a catcher, which is not surprising when you see how big he is, uh, had a cannon of an arm and uh, just, just brute strength. But football was always you know, his first love. And I, I've always admired Hayes, too, because um, he lost his dad when he was you know, a, a young, still you know, prior to his teenage years or, or very early teenage years. And that, that can be tough. From, yeah, it can be really tough. And, and so there's been, there's been a lot of things physically he's had to overcome. There's been a lot of things mentally and emotionally that he's had to overcome. And he's answered the bell every single time. Good for him. All right, Luke Johnson, there's another young man and another great kid uh, that we haven't seen on the field all year that's kind of making a surprise comeback. Why don't you intro that interview? Yeah, Avery Hobbes uh, made the big news yesterday. He practiced, uh, was cleared, and um, he, he kind of explained that yesterday. But this is a guy that led the Golden Eagles in tackles for loss um, last year, and there's a chance he might play some on third downs uh, this coming Saturday, play some special teams. Avery Hobbes yesterday after practice uh, just kind of walking everybody through uh, the, the whirlwind of really the last week, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, the opportunity to come back out here and play is, is special to me. The emotions are definitely high. Um, if I could just take maybe five minutes just to talk about people and, and thank some people, like if I could do that quick. I'd like to thank uh, Todd, our trainer. Um, when this situation came about in uh, back in May, when I first went up to him and talked to him about the situation with the heart, um, he dropped everything for me and, and my family and um, helped with everything. Uh, he got me into the cardiologist and our alleged physiologist here um, immediately. And, you know, I'll be forever indebted to, for everything he's done for me, uh, to the coaches for putting my health first, um, not pushing me to be out here. This is my decision to be out here right now. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for them and for my family, mom and dad, for helping me out with, you know, the transition of, you know, being a captain and being a starter and being an all-conference guy. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's 
it's halted. It's done. And, you know, the season is, they told me that my season was over. And so to have that kind of come upon me was hard. It was really hard uh, to transition into a new leadership role was, was difficult. Uh, they've been there for me the whole time. And my brother and sisters, my uncle Jim and everybody like that, um, I appreciate them all. Um, and then my wife, um, you know, obviously it's been it's been a difficult road for me. Um, you know, we, we do long-distance marriage, which is not easy in itself. But whenever I'm down, she picks me up right away. And, you know, I appreciate her love. And her family has been helping me with everything as well. And, um, and then, obviously, um, I have a deep relationship with Christ, which is, um, you know, that's what's grounded me in the situation, right? Um, kind of honed in on the FCA here, Fellowship Christian Athletes. Um, and just last week, I can tell a story. Um, I told them about the situation that was going on in a little devotional we had, and they put their hands on me and prayed for me, and, and I do believe that the power of prayer uh, changed this whole situation. I went into the doctor on Monday, and um, he said that he had to go back into my old heart monitor and see if there was actually anything going on, because he didn't see anything in this in this whole time that I had it on, and um, to me, that was just nothing to do with me, nothing to do with anybody else but the Lord, and, and I believe that all my heart. Um, and then one more quick thing. Um, I had the heart monitor on for, I got it off on Friday, just to monitor everything. I had it on for 46 days, and, and my number is 46. So I, I believe that this was all in plan, and, and to have me come back out here um, on this Wednesday and, and, you know, get a shot to play this uh, this Saturday and for the rest of the year is, is man, it's, emotions are definitely high, but I'm very thankful. Avery Hobbish yesterday after practice, and that's pretty cool, guys, uh, to share just kind of the inner workings of how you know Will Hall approaches injuries like this, and the coaching staff did. They didn't push him back, and you know Todd McCall taking care of him, everybody making sure we we hear you know it's a heart issue, and just how at FCA this past week, you know some guys rallied around him and prayed for him, and went back to the doctor this week, and yeah, he's been cleared to practice. Pretty pretty uh, remarkable story there. Hey, let me bring this up to both you guys, and I haven't mentioned this. There may be nothing to this. But you know, Tuesday was I was at practice. I was I was taken back a little bit. Jeff Bauer was at practice, and I watched uh, Coach Hall and Jeff Bauer have a pretty lengthy conversation where normally Coach Hall is in the middle of the offense when they're running up and down the field. What do you make of that? Is that just Jeff Bauer paying a visit? or I like to think that maybe – Maybe our coaches, and Will Hall is such a humble guy, would reach out to Jeff Bauer and say, you know, we're struggling a little bit. Why don't you come to practice and observe and tell me if there's anything that catches your eye? What do you think? I think it makes sense, you know, and, and certainly you know, could be. Uh, but there's something about the game of football, too. And, and I'm not a football guy, right? I'm, I'm more of a baseball guy. But, but I have learned in covering sports over all these years, there's just something about the game of football that even when coaches retire, they just can't get enough of it. Right. I mean, they'll even be sitting at a basketball game or a baseball game, but they'll usually be sitting with another football coach, and they'll be talking about different defensive fronts and defensive mm-hmm. schemes and so on or whatever. They just they might retire, but it never gets out of their system. He's, he's been out there before this year, um, and he's always – Coach Hall's made it very clear that Coach Bauer is always welcome at practice. And I don't know, Bob, if there's anything to it. He's out there, you know, just his presence picks everybody's spirits up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it either way. But but uh, I'm thankful that there's always an open door 
the uh, Jeff for Bauer. the for the greatest football coach in Southern Miss history, Jeff Bauer. No question about that. And look, that's not a bad dude to go to for a little advice and a little pick me up, Jeff Bauer. Like Luke said, greatest football coach history of Southern Miss. No question about it. Big challenge coming into town Saturday. We're going to be talking to the play-by-play voice of Texas State next. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us uh, this afternoon. Whatever station you're tuned in on across the state or may maybe online, doesn't matter to us. We're just glad you're with us. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net, where I understand, understand there may be some free football tickets down there to the right people. If you walk in and tell Miss Kathleen that you were listening to the Eagle Hour and she... We reminded you that you might be able to pick up a ticket or two there. But no Joe Burrow T-shirts like I had yesterday. Thank God, no. I don't <laughs> think they sell those anywhere except at the quick the quick sack down the street here. <laughs> you know, they hang them in the plastic things and hang them all over the store. And I think they might have been made in China, Bob. I'm not. Do you think? <laughs> Maybe so. Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Big football game in town Saturday night, as you know, 6 p.m., Texas State. Southern Miss kick it off. Brent Freeman knows a lot about Texas State and this quarterback we're hearing so much about. Uh, welcome to the show, Brent, and tell us about this 6'5", 6'7", quarterback you guys are going to put on display Saturday night. Yeah, guys, thanks as always, by the way, for having me on. I know I've jumped on here to talk football, basketball, and baseball with you guys, so happy to be doing it again. And um, you mentioned, uh, you know, um, the six-five quarterback, that being T.J. Finley. Um, so he's a uh, first-year transfer from Auburn. Uh, he was with the Tigers for a couple of years. Before that, began his career at LSU, so a couple of Tiger programs in the SEC. He's built like a defensive end. You know, it, it, like an NFL size defensive end. You know, um, with with his with his six seven, two hundred fifty pound frame, and except he's got an arm on him. You know, and the opener against Baylor was terrific. Uh, you know, as the Bobcat stunned. You know, the Bears there in Waco and was named Sunbelt Player of the Week. Wasn't as sharp the following week against UTS, UTSA, but in the two games since, he's been really really good. Only needed a half to. Uh, Held lead the offense at 56 points in their home opener against Jackson State. And then uh, after kind of a rough first-half start for everybody, he and the offense got things going in the second half last week against Nevada. So uh, big guy, you know, who can make plays with his feet, not necessarily looking to run. He's looking to throw the football. And uh, a great quarterback for the type of offense D.J. Kenny wants to run. All right, Luke, get in here with Brent. Hey, Brent, thanks so much for coming on. We may see, though, Malik Hornsby as well. Um, he came in and – and he's provided uh, some some electricity too. So is is that something that that Coach Kenny is going to uh, you know commit to, or or is it just where there's select packages for Hornsby? It feels more like the latter, to be honest with you, in terms of there being some packages for him. I think they had planned a few packages in the opener of Baylor, but Finley was playing so well they they didn't want to um, to to bench him at any point. You know, UTSA. I think they got him in for a package, and then. The Jackson State game, the way the game played out, Hornsby got the entire second half to play quarterback. 
uh, saw a couple of packages with him against, you know, in the game against Nevada. And uh, he's just such an electric playmaker, you know, incredibly quick with his feet. You know, the two had a really good quarterback battle in camp. Finley's is much more of a pure passer than Hornsby is, but Hornsby has that element of being able to make plays outside the pocket, you know, with his legs. So uh, they've got to find ways to get him on the field. And I think the expectation is you'll see him, you know, for a few packages, maybe even an entire series if the package starts well. So he's somebody that won't start the game, but you're definitely going to see him. Both of those guys you mentioned came out of the transfer portal, both from SEC West schools, Hornsby from uh, Arkansas, and as you mentioned, Finley from Auburn. G.K. Kenny uh, had the, the nation's best offense at Incarnate Word. One of the things that people don't realize, one of the reasons they've been able, you, you guys have been able to take off, it was what it was like 25 or 30 transfers over, um, people that already knew that system, and, and they've just kind of put it in motion at Texas State. Yeah, I mean, one, a lot of the coaching staff came over from Incarnate Ward as well, not just D.J. Kenny, but his offensive coordinator, Mac Lefwich, his defensive coordinator as well, Jonathan Padkey. In terms of, you know, personnel straight from uh, Incarnate Ward where he was, nine players, uh, four of those, excuse me, on the offensive line alone. Um, and so, yeah, you have a lot of guys that, you know, that, that know the system, know the playbook, know the staff. And certainly that in that carryover, you know, and that playbook knowledge has really helped a lot, you know, with the way they've kind of gotten things out to this great start. And you mentioned, you know, the you know twenty twenty five guys that have that had ties to GJ Kenny before. Um, the only roster in the country with a higher turnover in terms of personnel has been Colorado. You know, Texas State has seventy three new players this year, uh, fifty two, fifty three of those on scholarships. So this is a completely different team you know almost every literal sense of the term from what we saw a year ago and and brant with all due respect incarnate word is not Mm -hmm. exactly one of the names that comes up when you talk about football powerhouses but with what gj kenny has been able to do with those large number of players if i had to vote for coach of the year right now it would have to be him the bobcats have been a surprise i think to, to everybody in a pleasant way obviously if you're a bobcat fan what in the world has gone so right in your view? This it's tough to do what they're doing. You know, without a doubt. You know, and look, you know, the preseason polls are, are just that, right? And and always based on you know what happened the year prior. And the team was coming off you know a four win year, not a very good year. You know, and you know, GJ Kenny, although he proven himself in a corner word, you still don't know how it's going to translate. You know, when he when he first gets here to Texas State. You don't know how all those new new players are going to come together. Um, but I tell you, you know, they, there's just a swagger about them this year. And you really saw in the very first game, they go into a hostile environment, you know, in Waco, facing a team that had beaten them the year prior by 35 points. You know, they were 27-point underdogs, I think, going into the game. And they didn't, they didn't blink. You know, uh, offense, first possession goes three and out. Baylor goes down the field and gets a field goal. And then, after, I mean, from there on out, Texas State just took over. Um, I think they had four straight touchdown drives at one point. I mean, they looked like the better team. It, it didn't feel like a fluke whatsoever. Faced a longtime rival in UTSA in the second game, you know, and uh, uh, came up short, but you know, they hung in there and again in a hostile environment. So, you know, those first two games to me were just really, really telling, you know, for this team last year and. There's just, like I said, there's just a swagger about them that we have not seen in, in, in a very long time. What have the Bobcats said that might worry them even in the slightest when it comes to the Eagles this weekend? What are some things they're going to have to deal with Southern Miss-wise? 
Well, one, you know, Coach Kenny has a tremendous amount of amount of respect for Will Hall. You know what he's done. You know with Southern Miss. You know, I think back to to last year and the rough start the Golden Eagles had, and then they turned things around in the second half and really felt like that win at Texas State you know, helped spearhead that second half turnaround for Southern Miss. And you know, a lot of you know, a lot of the credit there goes to Will Hall and the job that he did and and has done with the program. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to personnel, I mean, <laughs> the name that, that has come up, you know, in every press conference, every radio show, every speaking engagement DJ Kenny's had this week has been, you know, th- those three words, Frank Gore Jr., right? I mean, he's just such a, uh, you know, a, a leader and ambassador for that team on top of being extremely talented. You know, uh, not, only, not only does he run out of traditional plays, but there's always that wildcat you have to be cognizant of. So, um, certainly, he's going to be a focal point for the defense, you know, and uh, the and Southern Miss's defense earned that reputation of being, you know, the nasty bunch for a reason. I know defensively had a rough game last week at Arkansas State, but you know now you're going into Hattiesburg playing at the Rock, and you know uh, with those Golden Eagle fans there, so the defense you think will play with a little bit more, of, uh, you know, of their hair on fire. So um, well coached team with a. With a cornerstone player like Frank Gore Jr., there's plenty for them to be concerned about this week. Hey, Brant, this is a real first-year turnaround story at Texas State. What what has been the secret? If you could put your finger on it, what has the new coaching staff been able to do that's been so successful so soon? Whew, golly, you know, um, one, I think that this coaching staff is really talented. I mean, you might kind of made reference, that, no offense to Connor Ward, and I completely understand where you're coming from. It's, you know, at the FCS level – Never a powerhouse, but they really opened eyes last year with the way they dominated through the Southland Conference, and they gave North Dakota State a run in the national semifinals. So last year kind of told you that, like, you know, this coaching staff can do a lot with, you know, quote, a little in terms of resources and and whatever. Um, And so, you know, he brings over a lot of those coaches over here. They've recruited extremely well. There's so much buy-in. You know, from the uh, from the roster, not only the new guys, but the holdovers that did stay from a year ago. Um, there's just there's just something about the aura, I guess, of Coach Kenny and his staff that has led to a lot of buy-in. You know, and uh, it's really hard to put your finger on on one thing, but certainly, you know, the fingerprints um, of of the success so far certainly have been you know filled by by Coach Kenny. And this seems to, is this a big game in the eyes of the Texas State guys to go on the road and. And, and and beat a team with the, you know with a history like Southern Miss, a hundred percent. You know, um, so you know they're three and one through four games. That's great. But now the real season begins in terms of conference play. And this is a chance to prove yourself. You know, against uh, um, you know one one of your colleagues against a team that beat you a year ago um, that went to a bowl. You know, a year ago. So I mean, this is a great chance for them to prove themselves. Um, you know, the last two weeks they faced an FCS opponent and a you know a Nevada team that's been struggling. I think Southern Miss provides a different challenge this week than what they've seen the past couple of weeks. So, you know, for, this is a program, guys, that has yet to be to go to a bowl game. You know, they've been playing FBS football since 2012. They have yet to get that you know uh, accomplishment. So they got to keep stacking wins here. Um, they're at three now. They got three to go to become eligible, you know, and I think the Saturday provides a great opportunity for them not only to add to the win total, but again, prove themselves on the road in a conference environment. This is certainly a uh, big game and a big test for them this weekend. 
All right, great conversation, Brent. We appreciate your time. Safe travels. We'll see you at The Rock. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Brent Freeman, everybody. Texas State University. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. Great conversation with Brent Freeman. I thought that was really interesting, and I don't want him to win Saturday, but you have to admire a school like Texas State, you know, that uh, is has really turned things around very can, shortly. Can we mention this as well? And we were talking about it during the break. You In this day, because I think some people are frustrated at one-year turnarounds, and you've got a Texas State team that you beat last year. They're three and one. Um, it's a very unique situation when you're able to bring twenty to twenty-five guys in from a previous school. And in the old days, we would call that whatever. You you wouldn't be able to do that. But guys, I think there's something to be said, and and you can comment on it as well. I told you during the break, Texas State has thirty-eight thousand students, and there is something to be said in this age. And I don't have any you know funds numbers or or money numbers to back it up. But where there are larger enrollments and where there are larger budgets, that means that there is more NIL money. And one of the things that I think these some of these one-year turnarounds um, is because there is more NIL money in some places than other yeah, places. Which is very unfortunate that we're having to have that discussion about quote-unquote amateur athletics. But but uh, I mean, it's it's where we are. I mean, yeah. it's exactly it's, it's what no, the situation it. looks I like. I get it, but it doesn't make it any less unfortunate. And Texas really. State has a student, an undergraduate student enrollment of, what, 38,000? Yeah, it's yeah, almost 39, like 38,8. And you put that into perspective, Southern Miss is somewhere in the 15 yeah. range. To put right? it more bluntly, Kelly, we po. Yeah, we are. And and then South Al doesn't have a big enrollment, but they graduate doctors and lawyers and they all. They're not Poe. So their alumni association, you know, comes up yeah, with the, the, the big right. money. That's and right. Southern Miss has always graduated teachers. Let's be yeah. realistic in our criticisms, right? Hey, happy to say, black helmets. Black helmets on you the did field. it, Bob. Oh, I didn't do it. Yes. But, White pants, but, but black, black helmets and black jerseys. That's why I like it. All right. Now, you know. Unlike some people that host sports talk shows, I personally love junior college sports, play junior college sports. I think junior college sports are very interesting, very competitive, and very much worth talking about. And Luke, I bet you agree with me about that. Got some junior college games tonight. Um, yes. We'll be on the call in Decatur. Uh, of course, every week we uh, we talk to Mike Frazier of JUCO Weekly. He was unavailable this week. So, but yeah, let's look ahead to uh, to tonight. Um, talk about you know maybe the the games that may not matter, but they do matter. But there's a, a few big ones tonight. Southwest um, is at Colin tonight. Um, Jones beat Colin last week, and and Kelly, I was a little surprised at um, how Jones dominated that game. And it may go back to the Colin win over East Mississippi was more about East Mississippi making mistakes at the wrong time. But, I mean, Joe, Jones handled Colin last week. It was – I'm not surprised anything any time that Jones wins. I mean, you know, they've been, they've been strong for, for many, many years, and they've got that, you know, tradition – going now you know so nothing and in that south division remember in the north and the south you only take two teams so you can you can potentially be a good team and not even make the playoffs in junior which is which is one of the things i like about the way that the junior colleges do their playoff system unlike 
the high school public schools where you can be a dreadful football team, yeah, win one or two games during the year and still make the playoffs. That's a joke. And it is. It it really is. Um, I, I guess my Jones comment is more about Colin didn't show me that that's that was it. But Colin tonight um, hosting Southwest a game they they should win. All right, um, Kahoma travels to the Bob Getty. Uh, not Memorial, Honorary Field tonight. Holmes uh, thank will you. Thank Holmes you will for touch. pointing out that it's not Memorial this year. <laughs> yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate that. Holmes will uh, will touch the Bob Getty statue, and, th- and that game's at, at 6.30 tonight. Uh, Kahoma 1-2, and two, and uh, what, the Fighting Gettys, what are they? They're 2-1. They're and one. The That's Bulldogs. Right. That's right. They're Bulldogs, baby. Yeah, and they, they, they've turned that around. Last year, They you know uh, the former Pearl River head, head coach, you know, is now the defensive coordinator there, William Jones, and he's been all around the league. And experience at the coaching level in the MAC is really important when it goes to cre- uh, creating scholarship opportunities and recruiting, knowing how recruiting is done and who to go after and who not to go after, particularly when you're limited as to how many out of state players you can get. So if you're limited as to how many out of state players can be on your roster, then you have to decide what positions are we yeah. going to give those scholarships to? And they're usually your skill people, you know, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and linemen. Kelly, a team that you've watched, surprisingly, Northeast is 3-0. and They travel uh, to Delta tonight. Of course, you saw them when they played um, uh, Pearl River a few weeks back. Yeah, and, and Northeast, that, that record kind of surprises me because kind of like with, with you and Colin, uh, Northeast, you know, it, it's not a Broadway production. Uh, what they do of course you know just win baby is what al davis used to say so i guess it doesn't really matter how it gets done uh but northeast is not going to impress you with with anything necessarily offensively or defensively but they're doing what it takes to win and that's the bottom line now luke a team that quite frankly is in real trouble off particularly offensively is pearl river pearl river is at home tonight against Hines in a south division matchup and the Eagles come in there looking to win their second game of the year, but Pearl River has not scored a touchdown in three games. They have not put it in the end zone in three games. A shutout in game one, a field goal in game two, a field goal in game three. And unless the Wildcats figure out how to put up any points, it's going to be a tough year. And I hear they're also looking for a new uh, PA announcer. Someone that can bring a little more excitement to the venue. Do you know something I don't know, Bob? Have <laughs> you heard something <laughs> that I at don't the, know? At the same time, though, uh, you know, Hines has only put up, I think it's like 27 points. They scored 17 last week, but they had a touchdown week one, a field goal week two. And, I mean, it, I, I feel like this may be a game where, where Pearl River defensively, uh, if if they can hang in there, you know, you you may only need ten points to win. And former Southern Miss uh, player uh, DJ Trahan, right, is the is the DC yep. at uh, at Pearl River. Ty, Ty Trahan. Ty yeah. Trahan. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, Ty Trahan. Um, um, so it, yeah, I I think if they if they can get that first one, you know how we talked about how Texas State is kind of on a roll. They're he's as a Brant said, they're playing with some swaggers because they're winning games, right? And yep. if you know you can win games. You play with a little bit more confidence. If Pearl River could get this one tonight, it would mean a lot going forward. And there really is no no room for error anymore with PRC if they're going to make the playoffs. 
One I'm not too concerned about, Northwest at Itawamba. Itawamba's 0-3, and uh, I could look up tonight, and Itawamba could have won that game in Fulton, but I just don't think there's going to be much to it. Game of the week, we'll talk about Jones last just because it's on WLAU tonight, but uh, the game of the week for me, guys, is Gulf Coast at Scuba. Um, Jack, Jack Wright's uh, Bulldogs at Gulf Coast have been looking just phenomenal. And when I watched Tykees play at, at Scuba a couple weeks ago, he was a different player than, than I have, have seen before. Colin kind of beat him up first week, and uh, Buddy Stevens responded well. But this should be a good one tonight. Uh, Gulf Coast put 50, 49 up on Northwest. They put 50 up on Itawamba, and they put 55 up on Southwest last week. Well, you were talking, you, know, you were talking about the game of the week. Luke, this could very well be the game of the season as far as the two teams right now, East Mississippi from the north and Gulf Coast from the south, that with all due respect to Jones, because Jones is, is really good, but, I mean, based on the play so far, you could easily argue that these are the two best teams in their respective divisions, yes? Yeah, I mean, they put 47 up on Jones, and then they put 65 up on the Fighting Gettys last week. That Scuba did. Um, so it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see, though, how, how, the, how the Bulldogs play on the road. But no one thing about Jack Wright, man. He can coach football. He can recruit guys, too. So... We will keep our eyes on that one. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Luke, because I get a lot of people that ask me this, uh, is, is and you've you know seen him play and are, are more familiar with Ty Key's situation. You, know, you see him flourishing at the junior college level and a high junior college level in the MAC and at East Mississippi. Why do you think it just didn't work out at Southern Miss? Well, I, I think, you know, by, by default, he was thrown in there very, very raw, you know, I do think, though, what you're seeing now is is some of the things that he picked up at Southern Miss, and the JUCO uh, landscape, the game, is a, is a little slower. It's college football, but it's a little slower. But what I did see from Ty was he was making reads. Um, he he ran the ball uh, well. He looked completely different from the Colin game. And so I don't, I don't think that it's a statement against – uh, Southern Miss and and who he was as a player and the coaching he got here. I just think it took him a little longer to develop. And I mean, he looked really good. And of course, he's he's bigger and stronger too. Yep. After, another, after absolutely, another year and, so. and that's another thing to be said. He never did any weight training in high school simply because he was a three sport athlete. And right. so he he looks a lot bigger. All right, tonight at six thirty on jcjc.tv, seven o'clock. WLAU will pick up um, the action. Jones is at East Central. Uh, Bobcats got back uh, on track next week. Last week, forty-two to thirty-two. Running game looked better. DJ Smith at quarterback looked a lot better. And this is a South Division game, so these are more important. The division games are the ones that count as far as uh, making it toward the playoffs. And this is a game that Jones should win. Although East East Central has shown some flashes of pretty good football. All right, lots of action tonight. Junior college sports are important, entertaining, and fun. The way you say that, Bob, I think there's a story behind that somewhere.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on a Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Overcast today. It's never overcast at D1 and DBAT. Great facilities, 70-yard indoor running surface, home of the Luke Johnson 52840, dbathattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Always appreciate Southern Bancor as our studio sponsor, good buddy Daniel Stewart and uh, the great team at Southern Bancor. Southern Miss Cross Country team headed to Fayetteville, Arkansas to compete, check this out, guys, in the annual Chili Pepper Festival. Hosted by the University of Arkansas. Maybe that's what helps them run so fast. Right? They might eat some chili peppers or whatever and then have to have to run quickly. I don't know. Starts run to what, Kelly? What are you, what are you to you the refer- finish line. What are you I, referencing? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Luke. Starts tomorrow. And uh, of course, you know, they they've been good. And uh they they've they started the season well up in Jackson and Clinton, finished uh, third last week. They finished in the top third, twelfth out of thirty six teams. And uh, you can follow the Chili Pepper Festival and Southern Miss Cross Country Team on southernmiss.com. Ben Etheridge, former Southern Miss pitcher, is uh, headed to the Arizona Fall League. He's going to play for the Glendale Desert Dogs over the next six weeks. So um, good stuff seeing those guys. Another former Golden Eagle helping win championships. Walker Powell helped the Smokies which is the double-A team for the Chicago Cubs, my Chicago Cubs. They're the 2023 Southern League champions. Walker Powell, of course, uh, the ginormous human being, 6'8", 210. This year went 11-6, and six, a 3.68 ERA, struck out 109 batters in 120 innings, 108 whip, started 21 games. And, uh, you know, just kind of as an outlier um, – there's uh, some some minor league reporters that just kind of may list him for for maybe a, a late season call up. That would be fun yeah, would be great. for uh, for Walker Powell. But congratulations to him and love to see these guys uh, right. achieve success. Hey, I want to do a couple shout outs real quickly. Town and Country Cleaners, one of the new sponsors of the Eagle Hour. We really appreciate that. They are Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaning service, family owned and operated since 1983. They offer services that include steaming, cleaning of bulky bedding, curtains, rugs, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location right across from the USM campus on Hardy Street, and we welcome Town & Country Cleaners and want to say hello, too, to the good folks at Bay Beignet Company. We really appreciate all they do with our show. We enjoy our remotes down there. It's the best dessert in Hattiesburg, Bay Beignet, great coffees. Hot and cold, great. Uh, and Luke turned me on to this great blackberry lemonade. God, that was good. And uh, and toppings and fresh beignets, Kelly, that they cook when you order. Man, we take we take the show on the road a lot. And I guess at the end of October, we're going to be headed to the Scott Berry Invitational Golf Tournament. October twenty seventh. Now I know a lot of people say, "Wait a minute, Scott Berry Invitational." He's not the coach of the baseball team anymore, but still, that's that's, that's what they're going to call. It. That's what Scott they're going to Barry Golf Tournament, right? October twenty seventh, we'll be there, right? Yeah. Oh, we're going to be hitting up basketball in the next few weeks and be bringing you interviews throughout the season. Bob, are For you sure. going to interview uh, the seven footers? Are you going to try that? I'm going to try that tonight. I'm going to be at the uh, meet the basketball team and uh, looking forward to that. My wife and I are going, and uh, 
going to be talking to uh, to several of the guys uh, on the team and have those interviews for you can, in the weeks to come. Yeah, can we get a picture of Miss Angela beside both of those guys? Yeah, I'll do that. Her all, all five feet of her. I'll, I'll make sure. I'll put her in between them and get the picture. And when her. you get to the convention center, Bob, because I, I won't go into much detail, but when you get to the convention center, I'm going to text you. And I'm going to be around back by the fire exit. Push that door open and let me in through the back door. Because you don't want to buy a ticket. He does have permission from Jay Ladner not only to be there as Coach Ladner's mm-hmm. guest, but to mm-hmm. wear that Joe Burrow nasty shirt that he You're wore. You're not going to do that, are you, Kelly? No, actually, I will be in Poplarville tonight. Uh, I oh, can't, that's right. Yeah, I can't make it because to the basketball. Because you love junior college yeah. sports as well. You like junior college sports too, don't you, Kelly? I do. You know, and, and I don't know how anybody could what, not. What like, about you, Luke? You like junior college sports? I'm gonna be on the call tonight. Um, yeah. I I was wondering though, for real, if you were if you were going to the event, were you gonna wear the Joe Burrow shirt, or were you gonna wear? Don't you have like an aluminum, like a tin foil suit a somewhere? Tin, a tin foil suit, yes. But you got just because I happen to be a fashion plate, yeah, buddy. <laughs> you, you guys are so you you wear jealous. that tin foil stuff when you were hanging out with, with Big Bunny over in Atlanta, don't you? Bad Not, Bunny, bad. Bunny. You I'm wore sorry. it, didn't no you? Sorry. Wear it like to a New Year's Eve deal, UMC. Yeah, I did, yeah. and they thought the, you were the ball. That was by the way, bad. Ba- no, actually, somebody somebody <laughs> thought I was a. Uh, uh, I'm one of those. shining lights on you yeah. in every direction. Oh God, Kelly's fallen. Kelly's fallen. No, what are those? What are the? They, they thought I was a airstream trailer. You know those <laughs> baked potatoes that <laughs> that people pull behind. Baked potatoes <laughs> standing straight up. Those mobile homes. The first day that they televised the Eagle Hour, will you wear the Tin Man suit? I'm telling you, you got. And by the way, Bad Bunny's got some new stuff dropping. Bob. Yeah, I'm glad to know. You know, uh, what? You didn't answer me. Will you wear the Tin Man suit if you play your cards right, young All man? Right. All right. Hold him to that, Luke. Kelly just admitted he's older than you, Bob. Yeah. And look, I want you to have fun at that junior college event tonight. All right, my man. It's gonna be great. We're headed out in a little bit. Six thirty, kick WLAU. Pick it up on at seven o'clock. Right. We'll be back here tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Bell. To, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.